listening to a podcast of Elam Lutheran Church in Osakis, Minnesota. Our passion is to be an oasis of life-giving water where lost and wandering souls can find eternal refreshment. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, please visit osakiselamchurch.com. Or if you're in the area, come visit us in person. Good morning, everybody. The title today was Abraham's Insecurity. (laughs) That's a very uh, true statement today because uh, there's nobody in this building more insecure than me right now. (laughs) Um, Pastor did give me some words of encouragement before uh, when he called and asked me if I would share the message today. I said, well, I'm going to pray about it and see what God says and what God can do. And he said, you don't have to worry. God has used a donkey. He can use you. (laughs) And I said, well, I guess that's true. So with all of that being said, we'll Hopefully God will give me the words I need to speak and that each of us will take something away from this um, besides just my fear of standing in front of people. So let's pray. Dear Lord, I just I thank you for this opportunity that we are all gathered together to, to learn about you, to worship you, Lord. And Lord, may we always remember this is nothing but about you. And Lord, uh, as Pastor always says, and it's been one of my favorite verses for years, Lord, may the words of my heart and the meditation of my mouth be pleasing to you, my rock and my redeemer. So the one thing Pastor didn't tell me was there was a specific verse I was supposed to look at. He told me to preach on Abraham. (laughs) So when I was looking at Abraham... uh, I figured this is like a six or eight week sermon series. This, uh, it's going to be real hard for me to get it down into a five minute message for you, so I'll do my best. But the message that I got from it as I read is a message of faith, and Abraham is called the father of our faith. And faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That is how Hebrews describes faith for us. And one thing as I was reading through that I I noticed right away is God always initiates. It's not up to us. He always initiates. He does all the work. He gets all the glory. And it's all about us responding faithfully in obedience to him. And without the work of the Holy Spirit, we couldn't work. We could not faithfully respond to him without him working in us. So, I'm going to read from chapter 12 in Genesis, starting at verse 1. Because this is where Abraham was called and how he responds. And this is what each and every one of us is called to do. It says, The Lord had said to Abraham, 
Leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham left just as the Lord had told him. So as we see, God gave the call. Abraham responds. God made the promises. He promised Abraham that he would make him into a great nation. He promised Abraham that he would have descendants, too numerous to count. He promised Abraham that he would be blessed. And he promised Abraham that the whole world would be blessed through him. So as with everything that we read in the Bible, it always takes us to the foot of the cross. So if we look at the first of the promises, he told Abraham he was going to make him into a great nation. Basically, he was promising him that he would have descendants because he'd have to have descendants for that to grow. At the time he made this promise to Abraham, Abraham was 75 years old. Abraham was already starting to doubt that he would ever have children. But God promised him that there would be descendants. The second thing we see is that God promises to make him great. And that he will share his blessings. And if you look, and you read the story of Abraham, he became a great wealthy rancher. And he was a blessing to others because everywhere Abraham went, he built altars to the Lord. And he called on the name of the Lord. And others saw that. And part of that is uh, their worship at that time was through the altars. They didn't have a, a church building to come to, so they built altars. They built altars for the simple reason of praising and thanking God for what he has done in their lives. So when they walked by the altar, they would be reminded of what God had done for them. So again, God initiates everything. Our only response can be out of gratefulness and faithfulness to him. And as it continues on, the last uh, promise is that all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Jesus Christ comes from the line of Abraham. And it's through that blessing that all of us are blessed. And without that, we would have nothing. So you see, God initiated everything. All Abraham had to do was faithfully and obediently follow God. As you can see, the promises of Abraham being fulfilled in Scripture, you can see Abraham searching for God. And he searched for God in many different ways, but he was always questioning God. He was always seeking out what God had said, searching for the wisdom of God. And he was always calling on the name of the Lord and praying and asking for guidance. He was building altars for worship and he was learning how to worship God with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind, and with all his strength. 
Abraham did not have the Bible to look back on. Abraham couldn't pick up a Bible and read what the Word of God said. He had to rely on prayer and communication with God. And I think that's why the story is written, written in Genesis here. And that is for us to go back and to read and to see what God has done in each and every one of our lives and to praise and thank him for everything that he has given us. I'm, uh, I'm a little, little backwards in most of my thinking in life most of the time. The, uh, I kind of like to just be down to earth. I, I like to play in the dirt and I like to be out in the country and one of my favorite podcasts is the Unashamed podcast. It's uh, by the Duck Dynasty crew. Most of them you would know. Um, the Robertson family. And, and I, I listen to them as I drive quite a bit. And one thing that I took from that this last week as I was listening to him, they, uh, they held up the Bible. So, just like this. And their message was very simple that day, and and simple works good for me. The Bible is our true word of Jesus Christ. From the beginning to the end, Jesus Christ is mentioned in the Bible. If our faith is true, our faith is in belief on what the Bible says, the true word of God. And that's where Abraham, as he was walking, was learning to put his faith. Abraham's story shows us that there's two ways to respond to faith. You can faithfully trust God, or you can respond by fear and manipulation, which is turning away from God. In the story of Abraham, you can see he faithfully responded to his faith. When... uh, God had made him so rich, Lot, his nephew, was with him, and he was rich also, and they started fighting amongst themselves. Abraham was the older. He had the rights to choose. Abraham said, no, you go ahead. I trust God. You take what you want. I'll take what God gives me. And so he went on. A little later, later, Lot was kidnapped. Five kings had come and taken Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham never hesitated. By faith, Abraham went out, defeated the five kings, and brought everybody back. The kings that he had saved were all faithful, and they thanked him. They wanted him to take all the money and all the loot. And Abraham said, no. I don't want anybody to take credit for making me rich or making me wealthy. God has given me what I have, and God has delivered my enemies into my hands. It is only God that made me. At that time, there was a priest that showed up by the name of Melchizedek, and that would be a whole other sermon, so I'll leave it at that. But uh, Abraham did take 10% and give to him in worship to the Lord. Unfortunately, Abraham responded many times out of fear and manipulation as well. There was a severe salmon, 
severe famine, and they had to go to Egypt for a while. And Abraham feared for his life. Even though God had promised that he would make him a great nation, that he would give him descendants too numerous to count, Abraham still feared for his life. And so he lied. He told Sarah, you tell him that you're my sister. And he, she did. And that was a half-truth. But Abraham told him that because he feared for his own life and he did not want them to kill him so that they would just take Sarah to be their wife. But in doing so, he didn't trust God. He put all his faith in himself and in his own ways. And so many times in our life, that's what we do when we face a trial. Who do we put our trust in? When you don't put your trust in God, if you look at this story, the sin goes way beyond you and yourself. The sin goes and reaches out to many because in the first time it was for the Pharaoh, but all of the women in Pharaoh's courts, all of his servants, all of his um, maidservants, they were all made barren. They all were punished for Abraham's sin. Pharaoh had done nothing. None of those women had done anything. It was Abraham who didn't trust. But you see, when we don't trust God, our sin is outreaching and it touches many people outside of who we know. When it was brought to Pharaoh's heart, he he returned Sarah. Abraham prayed for him. And uh, punishment was taken away. And you would think Abraham would have learned from that, but he sold his wife again. To another person for the same reason. He feared for his own life. So again, he sells his wife out of fear, out of not trusting God. The same thing happened. God actually told the man that you are going to die if you do not. And he said, why are you punishing me? What have I done? He told me that it was his sister, not his wife. I did nothing. But God said, no, you, you're going to be punished for this. He returned Sarah to him. Abraham prayed for them, and God forgave them, and they were not punished beyond the initial time. So again, you see, as it goes on, there's always people outside. God had promised him many descendants, and he was getting quite old at this time. And he didn't know how it was going to work. So he started thinking, well, I have a servant and maybe he can be my heir and I'll set him up and and, uh, we'll have descendants. His wife had a better plan. He said, well, you take my maidservant and uh, you can have a child through her and then our descendants will come from there. Again, all of this was a lack of faith in God. The story of Hagar and Ishmael, I won't go into a lot, but they suffered greatly because of everything that happened during this time, and it was because of Abraham's lack of faith, not because of anything that they had done. Sarah despised her so bad that she kicked her out. They had to go live in the desert. God came to them, and God told them, I will bless you, and I will bless Ishmael. 
and Ishmael did become the father of nations himself. So even through our sin, God can work. But it gets us to the main point. As you can see, as Abraham was going through life, he was learning how to truly worship and live for God. At the age of 100, and Sarah was 90, God blessed them with a child. Everything that I've read, everything that I could study, and I think all of us would have to agree, this was nothing but a miracle. And it was nothing short of the hand of God at work. And the reason it was the hand of God at work is because this will lead us directly to the cross and it will show us the hand of God at work in each and every one of our lives. For 25 years, Abraham had been trying to live for God. He'd been trying to learn how to fulfill God's purpose for him. The one thing that he had truly desired his entire life was to have a son. One afternoon, God comes to him and says, I want you to take your son. And he calls him your one and only true son. Now we know he had Ishmael, but God says, this is your one and only true son. And I want you to sacrifice him to me. Now I can't imagine... What went through Abraham's mind when that went through? But the Bible isn't about us imagining. The Bible tells us how he responded. Immediately the next day, it says immediately in the morning, Abraham got up. He took his son and a donkey and two servants with him. He had the wood for the fire. He had the knife. And he had Isaac with him. And they were going to sacrifice. And if you remember back to the beginning, the altar was their way of worship. And sacrifice was a way of worship. But see, God doesn't want our worship to just be a ritual. God wants us to come here with our whole hearts. With everything that we're willing to lay it down at his feet. Whatever we have, whatever we're fighting, whatever trials, whatever blessings, they're all his. And he wants us to come here and worship him for those reasons. Abraham had learned that lesson and he got up and he took his child that he'd been waiting for his entire life and he started a walk. I find it interesting that it was a three-day walk from where he was to where the sacrifice was going to take place. I find it interesting because after Jesus sacrificed himself for us, he was in the tomb for three days. I can only imagine again what went through Abraham's mind on that three-day walk. And I can only imagine, I can't imagine, that would be the wrong word, 
Jesus himself says the one thing that he feared more than anything was separation from God during that time. So on that three-day walk, he probably had a lot of time to think. And when he got to the place where he was going to worship, he could see it, and he told his servants, he said, you, you stay here and wait. The boy and I are going to go and worship, and we will return. He believed with his whole heart that God would provide He also believed that if God's will was for Isaac to die, God had the ability to raise him from the dead and that they would return together. He had to take the wood and put it on his son. Isaac carried the wood on his back as they carried the rest of the way. Abraham carried the knife and the fire. And they walked up the mountain together. And Isaac said to his dad, We have the wood, we have the knife, we have the fire. Where's the sacrifice? Abraham looked at him and said, The Lord will provide. Again, it takes us right to the foot of the cross. God did provide for each and every one of us. It doesn't say a lot about when he got to the top of the mountain. They built the altar. But it says he tied up Isaac. It doesn't really say how old Isaac was at this time, but he was big enough to carry fire up or wood up a mountain. So he wasn't little depending upon who you read and who you, you look at, my, my guess would be he, he was uh, in his early teens, maybe 20s. Some people say up to the 30s. I, I do not know the, the age. But he had to physically tie his son up. And one of the messages I was listening to, the guy was saying, well, Isaac, there had to be some retaliation or some hesitance where had Isaac followed his dad's faith enough in his life that he was obedient to God just the same. I, I don't know. It doesn't say how Isaac responded at this time on top of the mountain. But Abraham tied him up and laid him on the altar. He had to go as far as the knife was all the way up in the air And he was ready to bring it down to slay his son. And it's at that time that God said, stop. Do not lay a hand on him. For you have shown me that you have given me your whole heart. And that is what I want. Again, the altar at that time was a place of worship. God's not calling us here out of a ritual, out of showing up on Sunday morning just so that we can say we went to church. He's calling us here for a purpose, and that purpose is to worship him with our whole hearts, our whole body, our whole soul, and our 
all mine. <clears throat> when Abraham looked up, there was a ram with his head stuck in the bushes. God had provided the sacrifice. I would have loved to have been on that mountain when they sacrificed that ram. I would love to have seen the worship that Isaac and Abraham had together as a family. Worshiping God. So as you see, Abraham's story takes us right to the foot of the cross. Right where our faith story begins. God calls us to faith. And God has already fulfilled the promises. And we obediently follow and accept the word of God and accept the faith that he's given us. He fills us with his Holy Spirit. So see, in the Bible, the true and only word of God, in God's covenants, God's promises, he always does everything. All we can do is faithfully respond. A few years ago, I got this from one of Pastor Quam's messages. His statement was, there is always a response to a gift. A free gift. What is your response? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. In Ephesians 2.10 says, It is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourself, it is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God created in advance for us to do. There is absolutely nothing we can do that is good that hasn't come from God. See, faith is only a gift from God, and we can do nothing but obediently and faithfully worship. God is our creator, Jesus our savior, and the Holy Spirit is our counselor. That is the only way. To worship the Trinity as one. They were there in the beginning. One other thing is that the Unashamed podcast had said, they had a man on there and and he talked about the Bible, and he said in Genesis 1.1, it talks about the beginning, and that God created the heavens and the earth, and the Holy Spirit was there with him, and was above the water. And Jesus was with him because Jesus is the creator. All things were created for him, and in him, and through him. So the only way that we can live is by the commandment that God has given each and every one of us, and that's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, to love your neighbor as yourself. As I was studying and, and looking through Scripture these last couple weeks, many of you remember Pastor Gunderson, 
Pastor Gunderson was one of my favorite preachers. When Pastor Gunderson preached, you heard the word of God. And he told it right from his heart. I don't know if this is the last message that I heard from Pastor Gunderson, but I believe it to be so. And he preached on Jesus' teaches about the way to heaven. And the passage is in Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. It says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. You choose your path. These are quotes from Pastor Gunderson that day. You choose your path. Faith in Jesus is the only way on the narrow road. He asked, do you know Jesus personally? Are you ready to meet God? Living for Jesus is hard. And I can still remember Pastor Gunderson saying this final thing. Do others see you walking on the narrow road? If others can't, you're not. And that is the story of Abraham. Abraham learned to walk on that narrow road. To trust God with all his heart. And the only way for us to find that is in this word right here. To open up the Bible, to read and let God speak to each and every one of you. And God's way is always true and it is always right and he will never let you down. I can tell you that from personal experience. I denied Christ. Told God, I don't need you. I can do it on my own. God said, go ahead and try. I'm ordinary than most. It took two weeks. During that time, my sin was great. And as my life goes on, the devil likes to remind me all the time how far out that sin is reached. And I am thankful for the word of God. Thankful that he rescued me. Nothing that I could have done. Only God. To him be the glory. Thank you. Hey friends, Pastor Luke here. Thanks so much for tuning in. I trust that you've been blessed by our message from God's Word today. Hey, we'd love to connect with you more. If you have comments or questions, you can email me directly at pastorchellog at gmail.com. That's pastorkjolhaug at gmail.com. As we wrap up our time together today, please receive this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen.